Well, a good Wednesday morning to you, and I want to welcome you to Wheat Among the Tares, our program here from the studios of Gethsemane Global Radio, Lexington, South Carolina. I'm Blake Lindsay, your host. I want to thank you for joining me here this morning. We have in time past uh, done what I've called some interviews with missionaries from the past, missionaries that I entitled some of these episodes missionaries that gave their lives. And I want to spotlight this morning uh, a lady who was um, designated in history as the first woman missionary from America. And I'm speaking of a lady by the name of Anne Hasseltine, who later became the wife of one Adoniram Judson, who they both went to the nation of Burma in the early 1800s. A fascinating history behind this lady in and of herself, and I wanted to take the time uh, to spotlight some of the things in her life that, to me personally, were of great blessing and from an historical standpoint, provided much in the way of background of not only how her and her husband, Adoniram Judson, ended up in Burma, but the preparations of God in her heart, specifically as she would be the helpmate that God had chosen to go with Adoniram Judson. I'm reading from some excerpts from a book entitled Devoted for Life, by Mr. Vance Christie, and this is part of a series that he wrote called History Makers, and a very interesting read. And by the way, I would encourage you, at the onset of the program here, I love historical books. I think you've probably picked that up by now if you've been listening to Wheat Among the Tares for any length of time at all. How that these types of books, missionary biographies and even missionary autobiographies, are such a valued tool uh, to show us how that God uh, has equipped those previously that have gone to others, how that he has worked in their hearts and lives, and how that he has taken them through trials and tribulations in order to prove himself not only in the beginning of their lives, but also to follow them all the way through until he takes them home. And to me, some of these lessons that come from these biographies are invaluable. And I hope, as an encouragement and as a recommendation to you, that you would um, pick up some of these books. You can go, there is a website, and I've recommended it before, but I will recommend it again it's called wholesomewords.org. Org. It's a great website, has a lot of histories of these missionaries that have gone to the fields. 
And um, so to me, it's, it's a worthwhile reading. Let me also, in a word of caution, say that please don't let these, this type of reading uh, take the place of your Bible reading on a daily basis. And uh, I remember George Mueller in one of his uh, books, he mentioned the fact that he got caught in that snare of reading spiritual books, but it wasn't the Bible, and it brought some leanness to him, and he finally figured out why it was happening. You cannot substitute uh, biographies, uh, missionary biographies, good spiritual books as far as this goes from the standpoint of substituting that for Bible reading. It just will not work. So let me just throw a word of caution out there this morning to you. With that being said, I want to just begin some of the history behind Anne Hasseltine and follow it through, and there's a particular point that I want to come to when it comes to her meeting with Adoniram Judson and his proposal to her. But I begin, Anne Hasseltine was born in Bradford, Massachusetts on December the 22nd, 1789. She was the fourth daughter and fifth of seven children born to her parents, John and Rebecca Hasseltine. Her parents were good moral people and regular churchgoers, but according to their own later testimony, not genuine Christians when their children were young. And it adds a note here, Anne had a part in their coming to saving faith in Christ following her own conversion as a teen. As a young girl, Anne Hasseltine possessed an active mind, unusually ardent feelings, and a merry, exuberant spirit. She exhibited ingenuity of planning and infatigable determination in achieving her wishes. Her mother, who sometimes wearied of needing to restrain young Anne's restless spirit, once told her, I hope, my daughter, you will one day be satisfied with your rambling. Though abundantly active and also loved learning, a good book could entice her away from her cherished walks or a cheerful social gathering. From an early age, Anne's mother taught her to avoid common childhood vices such as lying, disobeying parents, or stealing, and told her that if she were a good child, she would escape going to hell when she died, and determined, therefore, to avoid those sins, to say her prayers each morning and evening, and to abstain from her usual play on the Christian Sabbath. She was confident that such a course of good works would ensure her salvation. But as a young teenager, she became totally preoccupied with frivolous social opportunities and grew completely unconcerned about her spiritual welfare. For two or three years, she hardly had an anxious thought concerning the salvation of her soul. However, in the spring of 1806, when Anne was 16 years old, a spirit of increased attention to spiritual matters began to stir in the Bradford Parish, and a series of religious meetings was held. Anne attended the special meetings regularly and often wept when hearing the minister and others emphasize the need 
to take advantage of the present favorable season to obtain an interest in Christ. Through the additional influences of an aunt who herself, under deep conviction and a consecrated Christian teacher at the academy, and was encouraged to be reconciled to God. By early July, she came to have the peace and assurance that she had gained forgiveness and salvation through faith in Christ. Anne's heart overflowed with her newfound Christian faith, and she immediately started sharing freely with her friends and family members. She wrote letters to a number of friends expressing earnest concern for their spiritual welfare and urging them to turn from sin to the Savior. God's Spirit doubtless used Anne's fervent witness to further the significant spiritual work he was beginning about her immediate family at that time. Over the course of the next several months, Anne's parents and four of her siblings professed their faith in Jesus Christ. Beginning at age 17 and continuing for three years, Anne taught school in Haverhill, Newbury, and Salem, Massachusetts. Two of her periodic diary entries, thought to be from March of 1809, reveal not only her desire to serve Christ, but also her growing concern for the expansion of his church, including among various heathen people. Though she would not meet at an Iram Judson for 15 more months, these entries show the Lord was already at work in her heart, preparing her for the ministry which he would call her to share with Judson. Here's an entry dated March 17, 1809. Have had some enjoyment in reading the life of David Brainerd. It has a tendency to humble me and excite desires to live as near to God as that holy man did. Have spent this evening in prayer for quickening grace. Felt my heart enlarged to pray for spiritual blessings for myself, my friends, the church at large, the heathen world, and the African slaves. Felt a willingness to give myself away to Christ to be disposed of as he pleases. From March 24th, I have at times felt engaged in prayer for the prosperity of the church and for the conversion of the heathen. On July 28th, 1810, one month the day after first meeting Anne Hesseltine, Adoniram Judson declared his intentions as a suitor In a letter he wrote her, she responded that her parents would have to give their consent before she could consider Adoniram. The zealous missionary candidate then penned a breathtaking letter to John Hasseltine, part of which read as follows. I have now to ask, Judson says, whether you can consent to part with your daughter early next spring to see her no more in this world. Whether you can consent to her departure for a heathen land and her subjection to the hardships 
and sufferings of a missionary life. Whether you can consent to her exposure to the dangers of the ocean, to the fatal influence of the southern climate of India, to every kind of want and distress, to degradation, insult, persecution, and perhaps a violent death. Can you consent to all this for the sake of him who left his heavenly home and died for her and for you, for the sake of perishing immortal souls, for the sake of Zion and the glory of God? Can you consent to all this in hope of soon meeting your daughter in the world of glory with a crown of righteousness brightened by the acclamations of praise which shall redound to her Savior from heathens saved through her means from eternal woe and despair. Anne's parents left the difficult decision to her. She recorded her initial response to the prospects facing her in her diary. Dated August 8, 1810. She writes, Endeavored to commit myself entirely to God, to be disposed of according to his pleasure. He is now trying my faith and confidence in him by presenting dark and gloomy prospects that I may be enabled through divine grace to gain an ascendancy over my selfish and rebellious spirit and prefer the will of God to my own. I do not feel that his service is my delight. Might I but be the means of converting a single soul, it would be worth spending all my days to accomplish. Yes, I feel willing to be placed in that situation, in which I can do most good, though it were to carry the gospel to the distant, benighted heathen. Exactly one month later, Anne wrote to one of her girlfriend confidants, Lydia Campbell, who now lived in Salem. And she wrote, I feel willing and expect if nothing in providence prevents, to spend my days in this world in heathen lands. Yes, Lydia, I have about come to the determination to give up all my comforts and enjoyments here, sacrifice my affection to relatives and friends, and go where God, in his providence, shall see fit to place me. My determinations are not hasty, or formed without viewing the dangers, trials, and hardships attendant on a missionary life. Nor were my determinations formed in consequence of an attachment to an earthly object, but with a sense of my obligations to God, and with a full conviction of it being a call in providence, and consequently my duty." My feelings have been exquisite in regard to the subject. 
Now my mind is settled and composed and is willing to leave the event with God. None can support one under trials and afflictions but him. In him alone, I feel a disposition to confide. Strong words from Anne Hasseltine, who later became Mrs. Adoniram Judson, who accompanied her husband in the early 1800s to the land of Burma through a set of circumstances that routed them through India and finally into Rangoon, Burma. Anne Hasseltine, again, was born December 22nd 1789, and she died on October 24th, 1826, at the age of 36 years and 10 months. She died in Amherst, Burma, which is a small little settlement outside of Rangoon. And again, she had the distinction of being the first American woman missionary sent from America to the lost world. Certainly a testimony of a woman who laid aside herself to become, number one, disposed of God, to learn to trust him, and second of all, to learn to be in subjection to her husband, who was touched by God to go to the nation of Burma. And the history of this couple can be read in so many places today. In fact, in Burma today, which is modern-day Myanmar, they still have a day each year that honors Mr. Judson and the impact that he and his wife had upon that nation. I trust that what you have heard here this morning, which has so moved me, has moved you as to our trust in God and in seeing what God has worked in the hearts and lives of the men and women who have gone before us, who have laid down their lives for the Lord. Thanks for joining me here this morning. I trust that God's blessings be upon you. And again, thanks for praying for us here. Thanks, and may God bless you. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.